Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. And we're back. Morning. <clears throat> morning. <laughs> Good morning. We're back after taking a, a sabbatical week off. You were out of town. Yeah, I was at an appointment. But it's good to be back. I'm glad I remembered how to hook everything up correctly. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> I can just barely make it happen. <laughs> so what is um, the Rip Van Wrinkle story? What Did he sleep for how many years? Or A long time. A long know. time. Okay, I'll have to look up the story because I, I would... I slept a really long time <laughs> last night. I think I needed it. So I've been thinking about an area of relationships really since my retreat a few weeks ago. I found some notes about assumptions and how they can really complicate relationships and lead to all kinds of frustrations and stress and problems, short-term and long-term. And we were sitting at the dinner table with the only child we have at the house, our senior in high school. She's getting all kinds of face-to-face time with mm. <laughs> mom and dad. Um, and she, she was sharing a bathroom with our youngest daughter who is off at boarding school now. So she has the bathroom to herself and she admitted an assumption gone wrong. She declared that she had been assuming for years that her younger sister would eventually clean the bathroom for them. (laughs) Bad assumption. And was very frustrated that it wasn't happening. (laughs) And never said anything, just just stayed in her frustration and accusation, uh, but now realizes that that was a bad assumption to make, and it was never going to happen. <laughs> so it's just it continued the process of my rolling over this whole idea of making assumptions with people and how much trouble that can get us into if we've built a storyline about someone we're in relationship with and that storyline is false, how hurtful it can be to the dynamics of that relationship. Absolutely. And also, even if we're not in a relationship, I mean, I can make an assumption about somebody that keeps me from getting into a relationship with them because of a faulty assumption. So even before relationship happens, assumptions happen. Right, right. And I think in particular in marriages, 
And when you're in a busy lifestyle and you're having kids and um, the, the process of checking out assumptions or of having conversations where you're really listening to one another's hearts, those times can become less and less frequent. And, and then the marriage really suffers. Yeah, this is one of the things I zero in on when I offer premarital counseling to those couples that I'm going to perform their wedding ceremony is we talk about assumptions and the, well, the necessity of communicating if you want to avoid a lot of those pitfalls. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the communication is not easy. Um, you know, the, the big three that causes couples to break up are, as you would imagine, money and sex. And then the, the third one is a little more difficult to think of, and that's the rearing of children. Um, and sometimes conversations about sex are awkward, but we all make assumptions about those things. So, uh, so yeah, when, when we make assumptions and we don't communicate, we're setting ourselves up for a fall because rarely are our assumptions spot on. Yeah. In the notes that I found on retreat, I don't even know where I took these notes from. And, and I'm a big note taker and I'll stick them into books or journals and then find them later and be like, Oh, wow, that's really good. I don't know where it came from, but, and this is, this was the case, um, during retreat. So the method for checking out assumptions with people, if you're, if you want to explore whether they're true or not was they had a kind of a script dialogue and it went something like this. I've been thinking that you believe this. Is that true? You know, something along those lines. And to actually put this in practice, it's not that you necessarily need a script, but, you know, using your own words, if you haven't ever done that, or or if you, or if the relationship in question hasn't had a real honest conversation in a while, that can be really difficult. And just to begin that process. Yeah, uh, because even the one asking the questions about assumptions is making themselves vulnerable. Right, right. So it's it's asking, it's inviting that person into a place of vulnerability for both of them, which is risky. Yeah, and if you've been assuming something and your assumptions or your expectations haven't been met, then you've got layers of resentment and anger on top of it. Can be a messy thing. Yeah. And of course, we see it play in itself out, uh, not only in homes, in marriages, or between parents and children, uh, or adults and their their elderly parents, um, within workplaces, but then, you know, within our political spectrum. Somebody shared a story with me recently that 
was just so sad. Um, and it was something to the effect of, and this person had firsthand knowledge of this. So this is me repeating it. So take it for what it's worth. Um, but that when new members got to Congress, um, after their initial, you know, being shown around, they were taken to their respective uh, parties area or whatever, and basically told that other side is the enemy, and we do everything we can to try to defeat their people uh, in elections, and and it became there was no um, even attitude towards working for the common good. It was assuming that that other person, everything that they were trying to do was against you. Um, And of course, it's no wonder nothing constructive happens when that's the case. Uh, So this is a big week, uh, and we'll see how that continues to play itself out. But um, the hyperbolic language... uh, in assumptions <laughs> is off the charts. Mm, well, and I think a lot of people right now um, have lived under so much chronic stress that they're just trying to get from one day to the next, basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, asking, counting stars and asking deeper questions and and um, wanting to grow relationships, it's, it's almost like we'll do that when we can breathe again. Um, but that is how you breathe again. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, and it takes someone willing to take the risk. Um, yeah, th- I think we all live under very heightened anxiety because we know we are living a life where people are making loads of assumptions about us. Right. 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 And we're having to try to navigate that and defend ourselves and protect ourselves. And because this is, uh, this is just an atmosphere of not only assumptions, unfortunately they're not good assumptions. (laughs) They're mostly bad assumptions. Yeah. So this process of, of, being interested in a better quality of living. I guess, first of all, you have to realize it's, it's an option, you know, it's available and just hearing from people who have experienced, you know, you don't have to be crushed by anxiety. You don't have to be threatened by every person you encounter. You don't have to be an ass. <laughs> it goes both ways. Because uh, I tell myself that all the time. Malone, you don't have to be an ass. You can. And sometimes you are. But you don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> so just having the glimmer of hope that there's a better way is the first step. Uh, and then slowing down enough and being willing to to encounter some change and some other ways of doing things. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, But 
it's worth the risk uh, because we're on the fast track to nowhere good. Um, and we can just continue to ride this avalanche. Uh, great song, by the way. Ride what's, the avalanche? Uh, no, what's it called? <laughs> um, oh, man. Sorry. It's one of those things that... This happens. Sean, Sean, uh, she's a country singer. Anyway, she sings uh, a song about an avalanche, and I can't remember the name, but it's Google it. It's great. Uh, just put in Sean and avalanche, and you'll no telling what you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that this takes, it is a risk, as we've talked about. Uh, this word just came to my mind. It really takes courage mm. to <clears throat> try to be the one that stops the cycle of madness and is an influence on the system uh, for change uh, and for good change. And that's often can make you a target um, and when things have spun so far in the wrong direction, even more so. Uh, but gosh, is it so needed. And while we're all looking for a, a hero, another song, <laughs> um, we have the opportunities to do it ourselves instead of just hoping someone else will do it. Um, just in our own circle of friends and our own homes just trying to pause and tone down the assumptions and uh, look for some common ground for places of cooperation mm -hmm. uh, and healing. Um, and if everybody does a little bit of that, man, it would go a long way. And I think it's a little bit of a snowball effect. If you do that and you go ahead and step out and, with courage and even though it's hard, enjoy the fruit of some more clarity and some more understanding. You're, you're almost going to get the taste of something that you want more of in, in other areas as well. You know, it helps you the next time once you've yeah. got one of those under your belt. Yeah, one thing that we don't have time to address in this that makes us very tricky uh, in today's climate is the m misinformation and the fervently held beliefs on the assumptions that that information is accurate and true. Yeah. And how do people who hold differing positions actually have constructive dialogue? And it's uh, that's a question I've been wrestling with for a while. Um how do people who use the same English language but mean such very different things by their words communicate? I mean, it, you know, just the word patriot. Uh, the people who stormed the Capitol would use that word in one way, and the people impeaching the president would use that word in an entirely different way. Same word. Um but they are coming at it from very different perspectives. And so that's a tricky one. I don't have the answer. How do you 
communicate with somebody who's speaking a very different language because they have a set of uh, beliefs, assumptions from which they operate, um, which are so sincerely held, um, but are so opposite of what a lot of other people are holding on to. That's hard. Well, I think you explained it very well in your sermon yesterday. If the two sides can come to a place where living together in relationship is the priority, then they'll be willing to sit down and redefine their their terms and come come up with a language where... Yeah, I hear you. I think one of the challenges is the assumptions are that the other side is a threat to our way of life, regardless of which side you're on, right? So those on the left view uh, the Trumpistas as far-right fascist threat to democracy. And those on the right view... Uh, those on the left as, uh, you know, unreasonable, illogical socialists that are going to destroy the democracy. And so they both think the solution is to eradicate the other's side Mm. and that that's going to save America. Um, I think that both of them uh, have worked out worst-case scenarios in their heads. Uh, it's obvious that not all people who are Democrats are socialist, and it's obvious that not all Republicans are fascist. Uh, there's fringe on both sides. But when we treat each other as uh, with broad brushstrokes and stereotypes, again, through those assumptions, it makes conversation almost impossible. And I'm sure I've mentioned this on one a podcast before, but for me, uh, I continually go back to uh, both Occam's Razor, uh, which is, you know, the simplest explanation is probably the truth. So if what you believe is based on an unbelievably tangled web of complexity, that's probably not accurate. Uh, that the simpler it is, the more likely it is to be true. Um, And that's an oversimplification, but that's basically it. The other one is Hanlon's razor, which is don't attribute to malice, which can actually be explained by broad stupidity. Um, A lot of the things that people are doing, such as the storming of the Capitol, um, sure, there were people with malice. I think a lot of the people that we saw (laughs) go into the Capitol it was more out of broad stupidity. That's my opinion. Than there, than they had malice. Clearly, some had malice, um, but a lot of them look like deer in the headlights. Like I can't believe I'm even in here, and they're taking selfies with stuff. And uh, I just think it was stupidity, and they got caught up in something. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be held accountable. I absolutely believe they should be. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about this recently. Um, if I am speeding and the officer pulls me over and says, you were going 70 and 55, I can say, well, I never saw the sign. I thought this was still a 70 mile per hour zone. 
ignorance of the law doesn't change anything. I still get ticketed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, uh, many of them maybe not did not realize what they were doing, but ignorance of the law is no excuse. So um, they should be held accountable. But I think a lot of them did it out of ignorance and being caught up in mob groupthink um, and following those with malice. Anyway, that's my opinion. Uh, take it for what it's worth. Could be a bad assumption, <laughs> like most of mine. So, But the way that we deal with assumptions and the way that we check them out is through dialogue, which is what yeah. we're doing here. So don't take counting the stars as like your news source. <laughs> this is oh a dialogue. Oh, my God, yes. No, <laughs> this is not a news source. These are ideas. This is what we do every morning. We bounce our ideas off one another, and we grow together because of that honest dialogue. And that's the purpose of this podcast. Absolutely, yes. Um, so I did inject a little bit of my political thought in there, but... <laughs> But because I'm a problem solver, let's go back (laughs) to how we solve this problem of massive division. Um, And I don't know, this sounds way too simplistic, I know, but it's my hope. It was actually my hope at the start of the pandemic that this universal crisis that affects everyone would show us our commonality as human beings, that we're all, we have so much more in common than we have different. And, and that awakening and that awareness that, gosh, we're all people. We're all family. We all love our children. We all have hopes and dreams of, of beauty and rest and peace. And let's focus on those things and start the dialogue from that foundation. I agree a hundred percent. The question comes in though that I raised earlier about different languages. Some would say, well, if focusing on my family and my relationships and my business, the best way to do that is to open everything up because this pandemic's a hoax. (laughs) So they're looking at it from a different set of assumptions and beliefs than those who take it seriously. So I hear you. Unfortunately, well, the phrase that came to my mind as you were speaking was uh, sometimes we don't know what we have until it's gone or till we've lost it. Right. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's the case, at least in part here. Um, I know a lot of people who have not and still don't think there's much to this um, virus, but I, I can't tell you the number of stories I've seen where people change their tune when they've lost a spouse or a child or somebody to it. All of a sudden, they've lost, and then they know. And it stinks that it takes losing somebody to death uh, before you decide, oh, well, maybe there is something to this. And I hope that's not where we end up, you know, with our nation, that we, I mean, we've already lost a lot of freedom And, um, you know, when do we finally say, look at how much we've lost? Can we have these conversations um, and begin to rebuild and heal and come together for common good? So, yeah, the different language is a tricky part. Yeah. So there you go. We just threw that out there for you guys to play with. (laughs) Let us know if someone solves the riddle. (laughs) Uh, but that's, you know, that's the process of life is, is 
noticing what's happening right now and finding, okay, so what, what's next? What's the, what can we learn from right now and how can we move forward in the best way? And that's the ongoing steps that we take. Counting more stars. Counting more stars. (laughs) Off we go. (laughs) Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter. And we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life, and just take it one step at a time. Peace.